0: And welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality
1: TV. 100%. Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How you doing, Kat? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I've, uh, my kids are with my in-laws uh, this weekend to let us like wrap presents and kind of get our heads around Christmas because we have absolutely no privacy living in a basement. So I've hijacked their bedroom to record from today, which is nice because it's 24 well, degrees. Better than the snowing. car as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, Christmas, It's. I feel like I haven't even really thought about it. Like we've got our tree up and stuff like that, but yeah. I suddenly realized like I haven't even thought about groceries, like I'm starting to panic a bit, that I'm going to get to the supermarket and just be left with like some frankfurters.
1: Right. We've been really on Christmas this year. And I think it's because we didn't travel for Thanksgiving this year like we normally do. So we just got right on to Christmas. Um, But yeah, like we've got all presents done and I'm going to figure out food with the mother-in-law today when we pick up the kids. So,
0: oh my God, you're so good. I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. figure it out. What could po- Listen, if we have McDonald's on Christmas Day, we have McDonald's on
1: Christmas Day. What can I say? Well, is your McDonald's open on Christmas Day? I don't know. Let's not. I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't know. See, this, how dis- this is how
1: disorganized I am. Grocery store pizzas. Nothing wrong with that. Christmas pizzas.
0: Mm-hmm. It's dark, dark times when you're having to think of Christmas pizza. I'm sure it'll be fine. I just realize I'm now going to have to back Because there's no delivery slots at all. So now I'm just going to have to battle the Christmas supermarket. For sure. Thing. I'm just going to take a wine and a can, yeah. Put a A podcast on and just nail the Christmas shopping that way.
1: You'll do it. I have the supreme faith in your grocery shopping skills to pull together Christmas dinner. Could
0: possibly
1: go wrong, even if it's just pate and brie, it'll be fine. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm here for that. (laughs) I love that.
0: Although I ate so much cheese the other day and then didn't sleep all night, and I, I think it's true. Don't they say something like cheese just really messes up your your
1: sleep? I don't know. I don't have that problem. I have the problem more now as I'm getting older. If I drink wine, like I just get like hot flashes all night long. And I don't know if it's like the sugar or what, but. It's not. That's it, not good. No, it's not. And it's not even like if I have a big night out, like we just split a bottle of wine last night and it was the same thing. Like it's just every time now it's the oh, worst. Oh no. The so my joy's mom. has been taken from the wine. I know. But my mom found a sugar-free wine that Christy Brinkley is now making and she's sent me a case of it. So we're going to give that a go. I'll let you know how the oh. sugar-free wine does. Let me know how that tastes. <laughs> it's a sugar-free rosé.
0: Um, listen, we should get on with it because we've got six motherfucking shows to get yes, through today. We do. Yes, we do. All right. It is a lot. So should let's we do post kick off bag with... first. Oh yeah, of course. I you know, I should know
1: what the fuck I'm doing by now. Post bag. Uh Reagan, remind us what the question was. Okay, let me pull it up. So we had a bit of a problem with this post on Instagram, and I feel like it didn't allow a lot of the answers to go through because it said we had a bunch. And then we're not able to find them. So massive apologies to those of you who sent them in. I think we were really only able to recover a couple. So the question was this week in the real housewives of Potomac Juan's proposal to Robin goes fairly smoothly until the fight breaks out this week. We want to know your funny or disastrous proposal stories. Do we want to share ours? Do you want to share your proposal story?
0: I mean, we can do. Yeah, I mean, mine was... I went to... Um, my, mine was a disaster from beginning to end. But basically, I was supposed to go to New York touring with the artist I was tour managing at the time. And Jimmy was coming back from Brazil. So we agreed to meet in New York. We had five days rehearsals there. So it was fine. So he's about to get on the flight to New York and I find out my tour's cancelled. So I all of a sudden just have to, like, scrabble a flight and a hotel together because I'm going to go anyway. Um, obviously... It's really upsetting for Jimmy because he's planning on proposing to me. (laughs) But he didn't want to take the ring around South America with him because he's like, that doesn't seem very safe. So then the night before I fly, our drummer friend turns up with a bass pedal. None of this makes any sense to me, saying that, can I take this out to New York um, for Jimmy? He's asked for it. I was like, well, he's, why? Damon's just like, don't ask any questions, just fucking take the pedal. (laughs) mm-hmm. all right. So, unbeknownst to me, that w- my engagement ring was stashed in that pedal, and I carried my own engagement ring out to New York. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then we got there and basically on the night that, J- well, the whole time Jimmy like faked proposed to me. So he'd like get down on one knee and like just pretend to tie a shoelace, but give me a wink. I was like, mm-hmm. I sort of knew it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, and right. then one, one night he was so nervous. It might have even been Thanksgiving. He was so nervous. And he decided that he wanted to take me to Grimaldi's, which is like the famous pizza place in Brooklyn that Frank Sinatra used to have pizza flown out from and all the rest of it. So, and you can't book. So we get there, and it's closed. And he's, like, irrationally angry about this. <laughs> and I was like, it's fine. We'll just... Do. Anyway, so we've got the Manhattan poster, and the bench is pretty much right, not far from Grimaldi's that's pitching that. So he was like, why don't we go to there? Get there, and it's, like, under construction. So again, he's, like, really irrationally angry. Anyway, we finally we walk along the Brooklyn Bridge and it's all tarped up because they're but in the middle it opens up and we can see the whole of Manhattan and he got down on one knee and he proposed and we took and all the Swedish there was Spanish tourists that clapped and clapped and took photos and then we lost all those photos.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. I think that's a perfect story for you guys. It was pretty stressful, but it was fine.
0: I mean in the end we got married and everything's worked out swimmingly.
1: Yeah, I mean it's all everything that you've imagined for the, your entire life. Exactly. What about you? What was yours? Yeah. So mine, mine was actually quite lovely. Um, my husband is a massive planner, so everything is like planned when he's going to do something. So I came out here to meet. Feel it wasn't the first time I met his family, but I flew to Denver from Houston, and we spent Christmas up here. So, uh, but let's see. Did we drive? This is like it was so long ago. I think we drove, we brought the dog, and I was so busy packing for everybody, I forgot my coat, because Uh that's what you do when you live in Texas, you actually don't wear a coat very often, so, you know, you have to buy a special coat to go to Colorado, and we got here, and he wanted to drive up to Red Rocks, like, it's snowing, it's really cold, and I was like, it was, I think it was like eight degrees outside, and I was like, well, we can drive up there, but I'm not fucking getting out of the car, because it's too (laughs) fucking cold, and I don't have a coat. And he's like, no, no, just like, so we like drive up there and like, it's beautiful. And he's like, okay, let's get out. And I was like, I'm not fucking getting out of the car. Like, it's too cold. And he was like, can you please just get out of the car? So I finally got out of the car and he got down on one knee and like proposed at Red Rocks Aww, and, the snow.
0: and it was very pretty, amazing. but I was like
1: frozen. And then I got no cell reception. So I had to like wait until we got all the way down the mountain to like be able to tell people. Tell but everybody. Yeah. Um,
0: that was maybe. it. Well, why don't we, why don't, don't we read ago. out
1: Joey's as well? All
0: right. Because she sent us a message in and we lost all the others. So we're really sorry, but we'll read out
1: lovely Joey's proposal story. (laughs) Okay. So here it is. Story for the post bag. My other half was horrendously ill when he proposed, but he knew he wanted to do it then or wouldn't do it. He proposed on a walk on our local beach, very subtly because I hate big gestures. Then we went to meet my future in-laws for a surprise lunch and some celebratory fizz. As soon as we got to the very posh place for lunch, he opened the car door and threw up. Followed that by my five-month-old having a punami mid-lunch. Everything went just as I expected, and I wouldn't change it. Turns out fiance actually had issues with his gallbladder that caused (laughs) this, so he's actually had to have that removed. (laughs) To top it all off, we were supposed to get married May 2020, which got canceled now, so we're waiting for April 2021. Everything is fine. Oh babe. oh, babe,
0: I always feel for the I feel for everybody whose wedding has been affected by this whole year like that's such a clusterfuck sure. and it's something that you put so much time and effort and money and so Joey, we feel you we love you we hope we are absolutely sure it will be an amazing event in 2021. Just for sure. It's, 2020
1: has just sucked donkey balls. It's just a dumpster fire from beginning to end.
0: It's it really is. It really is. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get to Real Housewives of Potomac, where we have got, um, we see Monique in therapy. And at the time I'm thinking, oh, well, this might be a good step. Um, Like, you know, step forward for her. Right. Um, And we do get a little bit more information about why she's, I guess, so defensive and guarded from being like her childhood and not feeling like she fit in. She was like the only black kid. And then she was, the only black kid that sounded like a white kid. And I can only imagine how difficult that is. That being said, I don't think her experience is necessarily unique. And I think that lots of other people go through that without ending up punching people. But absolutely, you know, um, how are you feeling about Monique? Do you think that she's suitably, um, do you think this therapy is helping her see the error of her ways?
1: Not at all. Like I just, (laughs) I, I, I don't, I don't understand her at all. Like I'm almost at a loss for words. I am kind of sickened that she goes on about being remorseful, but not sorry. Because for me, that means she's remorseful because it's impact. Like because of the stuff that's happened to her since then, she actually doesn't give a shit about the fact that she hit somebody else. Like in her mind, it was a consensual fight. And I don't think that's the case at all.
0: Well, I'm astonished that that's what the court found. On reflection, I don't think the court did necessarily find that this was a consensual fight. I think that they just couldn't be fucking bothered with this bullshit between these really wealthy women ripping each other's hair off. And they didn't want it. And I think that they just dismissed it as reality TV bullshit, which, you know, I understand that. I still think Candace had a leg to stand on and should have... You know, if she, anyway, the point is, it's done in terms of the legal thing. Yes, but Monique, and and all that's happened is that has sort of reinforced Monique's belief that
1: it's not her fault. Absolutely, like she's a hundred percent, it's not her fault. And I'm kind of surprised because I feel like when I look at a lot of the social media surrounding all this, I see a lot more like quote unquote Team Monique supporters. And it kind of grosses me out because I think a lot of people feel Candace got exactly what she deserved for saying what she did. And now I'm going to, I'm going to, I am more team Candace on this, not because I think Candace was in the right. I don't think she should have said those things to Monique. I think she lets her mouth run before she really thinks about what she says a lot of the time, but I am still on the side that like, regardless of what is said, you don't fucking put your hands on people. And it kind of grosses me out that people don't see it that way.
0: I 100% agree with you. I don't think Candace was in the right. I think she needs to control, learn to control herself and stop provoking, because she was provoking. For sure. She was poking the fucking bear. And while that doesn't excuse Monique's behavior, it does, to a certain extent, explain it. And I think that as much as, you know, I... It, Candace, as much as Monique, I think, did commit more a crime, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I think Candace has to take responsibility for what she did as well. And, you know, we're just never going to get there.
1: No. I Like, it's just, I don't know. It, for me, like, for me, I feel like it, it speaks a lot about our society and, like, the response to this. And that's kind of what grosses me out even more than it actually happening in the first place. It's like, I don't understand how people are very willing to be cool with people beating each other up in their thirties, forties, like, I don't know.
0: I a hundred percent agree. Like this should never, ever, ever happen at any age. You know, if my kids behave like no. that with each other I'd fucking rip them apart and throw them both in timeout and take their tablets away until a- they were 18 like you just don't fucking absolutely attack another human being like that unless your life unless it's out of self-defense then fine yeah. knock yourself out but this wasn't that this was just a spoiled tantrum that got out of hand with two women big mouths who didn't control themselves no. and the only the only thing that keeps me team candice if there is is the fact that Monique got physical and Candace didn't. And so, sure. yeah, she, that, that for me is the end game. But, you know, I think unless I can't see them working this out. No,
1: I, I don't think there is any working out because I think to work it out, you have to come to some common ground. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I feel that we have seen a very different Candace. other than this situation this year, we have seen a more thoughtful, well thought out, calm Candace for the most part, other than, you know, this incident. So I feel like she's changing and evolving, but I don't see any change or evolving from Monique. And I, and I think that's sad. Like there's no self-reflection or, you know, even just like, shit, I took it too far. Yes. I was provoked by what she said. I shouldn't have put my hands on her. And that was my bad. Like that's all I would want personally. If I was Candace, I would just want to hear that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the thing is, is that if this has happened once and Monique doesn't deal with it, it'll probably happen again. Absolutely. And at some point she has to figure out that this isn't the way that you can react. And, and all the reasons that she gives for doing it, fine. I'm not undermining any of those. I get yeah. why people are fucked up. I get why people struggle. Their defenses are up. But that doesn't mean that you just sit back and go, oh, that's the way I am. Sorry. Yeah, it's everybody like,
1: just has to deal with it.
0: It's like, take some responsibility, make a change, and do better. And she is just not
1: there at all. Well, and this is what I wonder about her. Like, if this was, like, her son. Her son came home, got in a fight because this happened. What would she say? Yeah. Well, she doesn't have a leg to stand on, does she? No. Now she doesn't. No. Um. And I, you
0: know, I'm surprised Chris... I don't, well, I mean, we don't know, do we? But I can't yeah. imagine Chris is impressed. I think... The whole thing is icky, and they both need to look long and hard at kind
1: of how they behaved for sure because i mean the the last I think that we've heard about chris's thoughts were that he was embarrassed by this whole thing, and I don't think that's changed i mean i don't know
0: nope. it's, it's sad. i don't know either
1: it is sad the other
0: people but Monique wasn't the only people in therapy no. uh that this week we also had robin and juan go into therapy which i love i love a little bit of pre-marriage therapy i genuinely think pre-marriage therapy should be a thing like i think to get your license you need to have committed to like six hours of therapy
1: yeah yeah i'd agree with that for sure
0: i think because you know You go through, like, when I think about where Jimmy and I were when we got married as a couple, like, yes, we were deep, madly in love and all the rest of it, but we were young and we didn't fucking know and we had no idea what it actually meant to commit and to be with somebody. Like, you just thought it was going to be lovely and fun. And it's only now down the line where we go through the shit and we come out the other side, I go, God, you know, we are stronger and tighter than ever and that's only going to get more and more and more but I think we go into marriage with this, like, false arrogance of this is it. We've got this sorted. We're good. It's all fine. Yeah. And actually, I think if you did some therapy and prepared people for that, we'd have less people divorcing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would also chime in and say, like, while you're pregnant, you should also go to therapy and talk about raising children and things like that. It's something that we didn't do. And I feel like we could have benefited just from, like, having those initial conversations. I mean, like, we we chatted about what we would do with kids. But... I think maybe we were on separate pages when it came to like kids on a lot of things that we just didn't even know about. I don't know. I think those kind of major lifestones should have some therapy in there. Yeah, well, you assume
0: that when you have a baby, it's going to make your marriage, your relationship better. You're creating a family. (laughs) And that's just the biggest fucking lie in the world. All that a baby does, it's like a fucking hand grenade right in the middle of you. (laughs) And it fucking explodes and you're covered in blood and shit and piss and you haven't slept. And you're like, "What the actual, it's a war zone. And I think that like instead of nct which if you're in america listening is like antenatal classes in the uk that you can pay for and loads of people yeah. do it and they make loads of mates and all the rest of it but those nct classes we did it for billy mm-hmm. like they're fucking putting marmite in nappies and all the rest of it. it's like don't tell me that shit talk yeah. to me about what happens like i can figure out a nappy like for sure if I don't ever see Marmite in an appy, I can figure that shit out. Yeah. But what I didn't and couldn't figure out is the fucking aftermath of having a baby on our relationship. That's what I wanna know. That's the Absolutely. conversations I
1: wanna have before I have a baby. Well, that's what I think NCT should really be about. It shouldn't be about like the nuts and bolts of like caring for your child because all of that stuff is fairly easy, like fairly simple, and you're gonna go through breastfeeding shit once you have the kid. Like none yeah. of those pre things I felt were helpful at all because we did NCT with our our eldest. But um yeah, I think it should focus more on your relationship and being honest and things like that. But uh but I think that's what happens with Robin and Juan in their marriage as well. Like it touches on when they had kids, everything really changed and they didn't know how to navigate that. Yeah,
0: and I think it was really interesting because again it's you know, it's just another example of Robin being like she's got such a good head on her shoulders. She's down to earth, she's not above herself and No. I think the fact that they've been humbled is really in like is, is the reason that she's kind of so cool but I love to see them in therapy taking it seriously because of course she's throwing her holiday party and
1: Juan's going to propose. Yay! I loved his proposal. I don't know what fucking Michael was on like that Juan wasn't going to do it and he has all this dirt. Oh, I'm oh, so God. sick of Michael.
0: I am too and like you told me I didn't realize the timeline on this but you were like they went over to the Bahamas literally the next day and then that was when she got pregnant with the second kid who isn't even a year old right now right no no I don't even has she had the second kid I think she's still pregnant I mean sorry the first I mean the first yeah. kid isn't even a year when she gets pregnant
1: no no they are I very mean, close in age and for me that sends up a lot of like warning signs about, Like Ashley's commitment To holding Michael accountable For what he does I don't I feel like I mean again I'm not in their relationship So I'm sure there are things That have happened That I haven't seen But this final scene At their holiday At the holiday party With her and Michael Threw up all sorts of red flags For me And how embarrassing he was And how mean to her he was And I just I I just want Ashley to be okay Yeah Yeah
0: And violent, like, all right, he's sort of getting violent with the boys, but even in production, even though he's not slinging his fists around, he is violent in his behavior. Like, he's aggressive and nasty. And if that's, if, I mean, if my husband behaved like that, I wouldn't be in a, well, maybe now's a great time to
1: make another baby, Frame of mind. Well, and this is what gets me because actually if that hadn't happened at that party, if Michael hadn't taken it too far and like the show had ended, everybody would end with be like, you know what? Michael was actually like, he did something wrong. He apologized. He's trying to make it right. It probably would have gotten a lot of people more on his team. It was almost like he couldn't finish the season without make like exploding. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: I mean, we spoke a little bit about this in pre-prod, but I I wonder if he makes a commitment to not drinking liquor at the beginning of the party. And he's like, it it doesn't end well. And then obviously he ends up, once the proposals happened, because obviously he's slowly dying of a broken heart because we all know that he's in love with Juan. So he's (laughs) gutted that he's going to marry Robin. So to mend his broken heart, he decides to drink through the pain and starts ordering tequila shots. And it is after he's had the liquor that, his mood changes. And part of me wonders, and this is not making excuses, but part of me wonders if it's more of a drink problem for him rather than
1: a a rage co- issue. like a dickhead problem. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, he, he's shown moments of true kind of remorse. He's shown mm. moments of doing better. And I wonder if it's the drink that is the real problem. And without right. that, he'd actually be more decent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I I just I don't know. It's just no, like
0: it, I don't know either.
1: <laughs> like I don't but know why it, he got into Chris's face. Like he and Chris don't get along. Like I don't understand. I I felt it was all intentional. Yeah. Well, maybe he just wanted drama. And that's what I wonder. Like actually, he felt a little left out because he actually wasn't creating enough drama this season. Like. There weren't any producers asses to grab, right? Maybe that was
0: a thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel for them, and it's it's. Well, I feel for Ashley. Uh, um, yeah. But it it scared me, like you say, it's red flags and it's dark. I mean, God knows how this is going to go when you mix two kids. Because you think one kid's hard, right. you think one kid is hard. Wait until there's two of the little fuckers, and they're small. They're all sm- like they're both needy, needy, needy kids. It's yeah. not going to be.
1: Oh, it's no, if Michael well. thinks he's being, like, left out now, just you yeah. wait, my friend. Just also, you Also, I feel
0: like they're going to have to move house. Oh, yeah. Like, there's two no- kids in that apartment? It's just no way.
1: No, no. It's, it's way too much. This is a reunion I'm actually really looking forward to watching and having all yeah. these people in the same room and see if there's some truths, like, if we get to some truths or some apologies or whatnot, but it's going to be messed up, man. It's going
0: to be messed up. Um, And that's the last one. It's obviously the finale. So we'll be back with a Minnesota on the reunion. Um, But in the meantime, uh, we're going to move on to Atlanta. But first, This. (laughs) While
1: we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching.
0: And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better.
1: So head on over to Patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose okay so let's
0: head back to the debut episode of the new real housewives of atlanta season now we have been um nervously awaiting this because last season
1: sucked the life out of us and it was so long like i i I feel like we just finished it. And it's really interesting to me because Potomac was like 19 episodes long and it never dragged. It never felt like there was extenuous information that didn't need to be there. Like the story was fluid and consistent. Last season of Atlanta did not feel that way. It dragged on like cold death.
0: It did, it did. Well, let's hope that this one's better because in the meantime, obviously, yes. there's a ton of shit that's happened and they we are picking up this right in the middle of kind of 2020. So summer sort of 2020 when their first bout of quarantining is kind of over and it's opening up a bit, but it's still not great.
1: For sure. And this is when we see Portia getting really involved in the Black Lives Matter movement. And I am here for this. Yeah, me too. I love what Portia's doing. She's come such a long way from when she thought the Underground Railroad was an actual train. (laughs) I'm I'm glad she's educated herself and is really fighting, you know, for, you know.
0: I think she's really impressive and I agree with you. I think she's really grown and she's really taken it upon herself to, like you say, educate herself, but also to actually be part of the solution. And she is really putting herself at risk and, 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 for, for really what she believes, and that's unusual to see, especially when the rest of the ladies are very, you know, don't aren't being that yeah. outspoken or supportive. Um, and I'm sure everybody has their reasons for that, but I love that Portia's drawing on her kind of heritage um, from her grandfather as an activist, and and is really taking this seriously. And props to her, like she's I have a, all the time in the world for Portia.
1: I do as well. I feel like these past two seasons, I I have kind of refallen, like fallen in love with Portia again because I really didn't like her when she first got on the show. I I had no time for her whatsoever, but I feel like her maturing and having a baby has really changed her outlook on life and yeah. put things in perspective on where she needs to be. And yeah. I mean, Dennis is with her this whole time as well, so it's not just her getting out there. It's Dennis two really kind of fighting for a better world for their daughter, which I think is badass.
0: Well, and I think when she joined, she was still very, very young. She was in a very kind of emotionally abusive marriage, and I think it knocked yeah. all the confidence out of her. And, and, Now we see her getting all of that back and knowing her worth and standing up for other people and and using her privilege for all the right reasons. And that always has to be applauded. So it's it's really lovely to see a kind of reality TV star do some serious shit and take something seriously.
1: Absolutely. I mean, she's been very vocal, I think. You know, Bravo did a show uh, about race mattering that she kind of facilitated. She is 100% using her stance and, like, her platform, platform for, you know, for what it should be used for, to make actual social change. So it's exciting to see, and I'm excited to see more of that as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> we also see, I think, a very different Kenya this season. Yes, Now, I don't know whether you feel the same way because we haven't actually discussed this properly, but um, I feel like she's, I I don't know whether I would say depressed, but I feel like she's broken. Like it's just too much for her right now. And I can only imagine like quarantining on your own with a small baby, knowing that your husband is, you know, it, it, it seemed at the end of last season that the divorce was a done deal. It seems like they've tried to reconcile since... Then And obviously it's not going very well, but she just seems defeated. And it's such an unusual thing to see from Kenya because you normally just see her guns blazing, nails out, scratching and fighting her way through life. But am I wrong? Do you think that she just seems like the life's been sucked out of her?
1: A hundred percent. Cause I feel like at the end of the reunion, we knew she was working on her marriage of last season. I feel like she revealed in the reunion that they were really going to try to work it out. And I feel this is just an outsider looking in. I feel like Mark is just playing with her and I think it's cruel. And I think it's, I think it's defeated. Like I think it's just killed her because I think he gives her a little like hope and then like snatches it away and like gives her a little and snatches it away and just from what we know about her childhood and her history like that's got to be very triggering and just very defeating for her and it it makes me sad for her me too i don't like seeing people being played like that
0: no and i think you're right it ties into a lot of her like abandonment issues and i think mm. he knows he's he's like a master Hell manipulator yes, he knows, he that. knows what yeah, he's, he's, he's doing disgusting and um and i really hope that she kind of finds the strength to go through with this divorce to separate herself from him um and to and to put herself back together because i mean as much of a nightmare as she can be i want to see the old kenya back
1: yeah i i want to see her light back like she's just like dimmed yeah. like the light behind her eyes is gone she's just like she's just sad man and it's it's is. really sad to watch. And I I want the twirly, sassy Kenya back for like her and her daughter. You know, she's got this great house. Like, they'll be fine. I just think, I feel like she needs to make this decision. Like, stop giving it to him to make this decision for you. Like, he's a dick. Yeah. Move just on. Get own, out of it. Own your
0: shit and do it. Build your pool. Yeah. Divorce him. And, you know, I mean, it's just a shame she's going have to have him in, in her life for the rest of her life, but oh
1: i want to see her back it's heartbreaking to watch her so yeah so down um i love her lawyer though i love that she has a lawyer who's just like you gotta fucking move on like this guy is not treating you well you deserve like i i loved him i thought he was amazing
0: yeah me too um in terms of the other ladies it's just a catch-up session we've got candy who's saying goodbye to um riley Riley. um
1: we've got uh oh go on and she's also suing her ex for back child support. Yeah, on Riley, I think to like give her money for college or p- help pay for college or whatever because he owes quite a bit of money for never.
0: I hate this idea that I hate this excuse that men make in this kind of child alimony thing, especially if the woman is the 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 woman he's left is kind of is wealthy that he shouldn't have to pay that he yeah. like she's well got he's money quite enough. wealthy too. Right. But it's like, that's not how yeah. this works. Like, no. You, know, you need to pay your way and you need to contribute to the well being of your child That helps take care of them. That's just <laughs> basic fucking, I mean, manners. <laughs> it's manners. Yeah, it's manners. 100%. You have put your penis in somebody's <laughs> vagina and made a life. Like, it's a big fucking thing. And now you need to pay for it.
1: Emily Post would tell you, you need you need to own up to your responsibilities. Yes. Stop showing the bad manners and pay for your children. Exactly. You help make. So I don't blame her for suing his ass when he's driving around in Bentleys. Fuck no. Like, and he's got, I think he's got a lot of kids and I think he takes care of some of them. And I mean, I kind of agree with Riley where she's like, you know what? I don't want a relationship with him. And, you know, you do need to, like, I think she's supportive of her mom for taking him to court, but... Other than that, she doesn't feel she needs to have a relationship with him. And I think that's purely within her rights as a human being to decide what she wants.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, Cynthia's, I mean, Cynthia's struggling with the whole wedding thing. Mike's saying, I'd rather do it, but you don't want, she doesn't want to do it unless she can have 200 people there. I mean, if this was her first wedding, like, I would get it. I'd be like, it's number three. But it's your third wedding, babe. Like, just marry the guy. You don't need 200 people there.
1: Look, if, and I, and this is what I, I really like Mike a lot because he's like, look, if this is the date that you want, then let's just do it the two, like, let's just do it. I just wanna be, I just wanna be married to you. If this isn't the date you want, then let's push it back and we can do the whole big thing. But like, it's gotta be one or the other. Sometimes you just can't make things work. And, I don't know. I love Cynthia, but I feel like she's being kind of a dickhead about this wedding thing. Like I understand you want it to be showy and whatever. And your other marriages did not pan out the way you thought that they would. But here is this really good man who just wants to be your husband. Just fucking marry him. Come on now.
0: I mean, in the end we know they did get married on 10, 10, 20. Um, and it was showy and it looked like there were more than 30 people there, but who knows? Um, Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I think just it, it it's more a marriage is more than a wedding, right? So just if this Hell is the yeah, guy, they're two s- totally different things. If this is the guy and that's the day, then just fucking marry him with the amount of people that you can get there and be grateful.
1: Yeah, I feel like didn't Kelly and Rick Leventhal get married on the same day? Yeah, I think they did. I think they did too. Um, who else is in this show? Because I've forgotten.
0: We've done Portia.
1: <laughs> We've done, We've done Kenya and Cynthia. Kenya, Cynthia. We We've see done- a little bit of Marlo. Oh, yeah. Um, coming to visit. We don't really know what's going on with her. I assume she's still taking care of her nephews. but yeah. She seems quite cautious yeah.
0: about the whole uh, COVID thing. We haven't seen any of the new housewives
1: yet. It's, no, but- I think we see that. Tonight, I think that comes out tonight. So. That's exciting. So we'll have more to talk yeah. about, but
0: essentially we're just going to be navigating another epi- another season through COVID. So let's see how this goes.
1: Let's see. Hopefully, hopefully good. Ah, um, uh, oh, Below Deck. I mean, if
0: you can't hear it in our voices, we are really just waiting for something interesting to happen on
1: Below Deck. I mean, damn you, Below Deck. I, I have literally, I've watched every episode of every Below Deck ever made. <laughs> and this season... It's such a letdown. I mean, my high point for this week was watching Captain Lee do a wine bong. Yeah. (laughs) That was joyous.
0: Yeah, that was fun. That
1: was the only thing I really enjoyed from this entire episode.
0: I mean, I always enjoy a kind of Rachel, like, swear-laden freak-out. That's always fun to watch. Yeah. That is um, fun. And credit to Rachel, because she is bringing it on the food. Like, that girl is oh. but, hands down the best chef I've ever seen on this show.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And the guests were super excited about everything that she made as well. I'm glad that, like, these guests actually appreciated what she was bringing to the table.
0: All oh. puns intended. <laughs> Look at you, snazzy pants. Oh, sexy puns and everything. You know oh. how much I love a pun. Um, so, I mean, listen, let's try and find something to talk about. So uh, we think Elizabeth and Shane's heads are on the chopping block. Elizabeth's just not bringing it, is she?
1: No. And I think she knows that she's not bringing it. Like... Yeah. Come on. I feel like she Because I think she was, she was bringing it more before she was made like second stew. Yeah. And I then think she just stopped. Well, I think the, I think Ashling
0: is clearly really fucking effective and super on it. And I think that's knocked her confidence because I think she looks at her and goes, fuck, she's better than me, which obviously she right. is. Um, right. But you know, it's really simple stuff. Like you've been asked to go and check on the guests every time. Guests should never be coming down to
1: find you. You should be there all the time. After an hour. I they know. were there an hour with like no service. It's just ridiculous. It's not cool.
0: And and she's got one job at that point and it's like just right. do it. And I feel like she's just too pissed off now that she doesn't want to do it because she doesn't she's yeah. decided she doesn't like Francesca's cuz Francesca's calling out her out on her shit and it's just all getting very childish. Like just step
1: up. Um for sure. Speaking of, co- of childish, can we talk about Shane? And his nitpickiness because he feels like that is showing that he is doing more work than he is. Oh god. I mean this And to nitpick Eddie, like your boss.
0: I know. I mean it he is so oblivious. He's so full of his own importance and sort yeah. of place in the world that he can't he can't imagine that in this situation, he needs to put himself bottom of the fucking list. Suck it all up. We've all done these jobs, right? We've all done yeah. these jobs where we just have to suck up being the the bottom of the rung and and do the shit jobs and take the crappy behavior and just fucking get on with it. And he's like That's this sort of snowflake millennial bullshit or whatever they're called when they're not millennials. The next lot that yeah, are like the next one, the Gen whatever that are whatever. just like oh but I'm worth more than this oh fuck off
1: yeah like you're not too good to do this job this is your job and you need to suck it up and do it and if you can't you're gonna go I 100% think Shane is going me too I think Captain Lee is gonna fire him
0: I think he sat in that chair and the first thing that's gonna happen next episode is that he's fired um yeah for sure but, and maybe Elizabeth too. Like maybe they'll take this opportunity to ditch her. Well, as well, I feel like
1: she's really the only other one that could. Like they they've talked about like two people are leaving. When did they talk about that? Oh, I feel like it was on the episode that there were there were two heads on the chopping block. I mean, maybe she'll sweet talk her way out of it. But I feel like with what Francesca's been telling Captain Lee about her performance, yeah, maybe he's not happy. Maybe so now's we'll the time
0: to shake her up. Um We are also starting to get the first rumblings of coronavirus hitting the kind of storyline in Below Deck. So, I mean, as we laughed about last week, maybe that's what this episode, maybe that's, maybe it just needs an injection of coronavirus to spice things up. Maybe it does. It's dark times when that's what your TV show needs. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to the OC, where again, they are now in full-on lockdown in LA. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Self-filming. So always a slightly different vibe but let's let's have a chat about Bronwyn and Sean because I think that's a really interesting dynamic that's that's like there's lots of different reactions within the couples to being locked down together right for
1: sure for sure so obviously Bronwyn is getting super irritated with everything Sean does which I think is pretty par for the course when like you're not drinking anymore you're having to be present and i mean i'm going to be real frank uh, my husband got on my nerves Every single day when we've been locked in the house together, just because we're not used to it. Yeah. Like we do things in a very different way. It's a different situation for us. We're all stressed out. So like for me, I, like I get that. I get yeah. everybody being annoyed with their spouse and like those little things just start grading on you after a while. That's fair enough. But we also learned some other things about Bronwyn and Sean's relationship that I think, so Bronwyn admits to hitting him. Right? Yeah. It's a tricky and I thing. I feel like I feel like it's a bit of a double standard for women and men because I feel like if on if like Captain Lee came out and said like he hit his wife on the boat where they were filming, it, it would be a huge backlash and yeah. it'd be a huge issue. And he'd I be don't fired. like that it's not a big issue. Yeah, he'd be fired, and I kind of don't like that it's not. Really being treated as a big issue for Bronwyn hitting Sean.
0: Well, and it's a thing. Like as much as it as people people don't talk about it because there's yeah. a lot of shame involved when it's a woman being domestically abusive to a, a man. Right. So men don't typically talk up because speak up because they're like it's um, they feel ashamed and embarrassed that they're letting a woman beat them. But it is a thing and it happens. And I think it's a real thing. It, yeah, and I think like. I I 100% agree with you and I think it is a double standard and I think it saddens me that she can so easily admit that without really worrying about it you know like there isn't any she doesn't worry about any repercussions and actually I think that there should be some repercussions to that kind of admission that being said we talked about how you know it's slightly different when this is a result of her using and drinking. And and now that she's not doing that, you know, is it... I don't know. It's just a very uncomfortable situation to be in.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think I think that brings up a lot of... I think you're absolutely right. Because when she did talk about it, it was very much in the past. She had done this when she was drinking. That was kind of her user behavior, right? And so now that she's not using... But hang on, actually,
0: you say that, but didn't she admit- No, she- uh, She admitted to right. hitting him in lockdown when she wasn't using. Right. I, I forgot that. So for sure. this is now, this makes it a real problem for me because I yeah. just, I don't think the standard should be, I, I don't think it should be a different standard. Like, of course, it's a different thing. Like, I get that there's a slightly different nuance to it, but I think that right. nobody should be, like, going back to- Potomac. Nobody should be putting their hands on another
1: person, and for sure, and having to cover up for it as well. Like, I mean, I I think there are some real issues with the dynamic between Bronwyn and Sean, and I think it. You know, I think you see it in in kind of alcoholics' relationships. Anyways, there will be somebody enabling them to do their behavior because that's what they look for, and that's the way it is. So, I don't want to minimize. The kind of damage that Sean probably has from all this as well. Like, I think, you know, it's very easy to brush that under the rug and, you know, applaud Bronwyn for, like, doing all this work. But Sean's going to have to do a lot of work, too. And Sean's going to have to heal from a lot of shit, too. Because it could not have been easy having that many kids with a woman who was so checked out.
0: No, and she is fundamentally going to change. She's going to become a very different person. She's she's kind of in this transitional metamorphosis yeah. stage, right? And she's going to come out of this very, very differently. And they have to navigate that. And I can only imagine that in in relationships where there is an addict involved, that when they get sober, that becomes a real tough kind of terrain to navigate because it's it's a different person right and then wants and needs are completely different
1: yeah absolutely it'll be interesting to kind of continue on but i do feel bravo needs to step up and do something um just i I don't know
0: that felt uncomfortable i I was uncomfortable about that Um, for sure in other news shannon the most um paranoid person in the world ends up being the one where with with a positive daughter covid riddled daughter i mean you gotta i mean the woman is like slightly unhinged right now and i get that she's stressed i get that she's worried i get that she's vulnerable and all the rest of it but she doesn't seem to be coping
1: no not at all and and i kind of feel i feel shannon picks and chooses because to be really frank Her kids do have a dad. So ultimately, if she's immunocompromised, her kids can go stay with their dad. She doesn't have to have John at the house. John's kids don't have to be at the house. I think Shannon struggles with like, knowing she needs to be isolated because she is very high risk because of her lung issue and not wanting to be alone. Yeah, she's just so
0: insecure. Which I get. Her her reaction to John going after his son is bonkers. like, of course, he's gonna go after his kids, yeah.
1: like, yeah. But as she would, as, as she would totally, she'd totally go deal with her daughters. It
0: springs from this like insidious insecurity that she has that she just can't, like, she just needs to keep everybody close so close. She's right. like gripping onto them with this death grip. And of course, the kids are gonna be sneaking out because that's what fucking kids do. And yes, of course, they're gonna For end sure. up with positive COVID tests because they're all snogging and doing all the rest of it behind yeah. the scenes and 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 i feel for the teenagers throughout this whole year like i really have felt for them that's so that's so hard um mm-hmm. but shannon just seems to not have that much of a grip on the reality and i know it's been a hard year but it's yeah. it's it's you know
1: i'm struggling with just she also doesn't have any balls like it, I liked that Gina called her out where she was like, yeah, Shannon made this big deal where if if people left, then they had to stay gone and they couldn't come inside because she was compromised. But look who's come back in. Even though he left, she let John come right back into the house. And I think it's a worrisome pattern. I mean, I don't think John is like David. I don't think he's abusive or anything like that. And David very much was towards Mm. her. But... I feel like Shannon talks a big fucking game and does zero follow through or zero about it. And I think that's part of what I don't like about her.
0: Because she's one of these people that acts up to get a reaction. Like she, yeah. she's acting out to John to get a reaction to prove that he loves her again. And she behaves badly so that he does the work right. to come back. And, and so, of course, she's always gonna, she doesn't she's never gonna actually walk away. You know, no. I don't think she would have left David unless something no. seismic could have happened. And I think- you know, her, her insecurity means that she's just always going to have this neediness that latches on that kind of is always pushing a button to try and get proof of somebody's feelings for her. And it's just, it's weird and it's dark and I get it. And like, you know, we've all had moments of it, but it's for sure. It's, it seems to be like an epidemic for her and it's, it's, it's hard to watch.
1: Yeah, no, (sighs) it's, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, in other news, Kelly gets stuck in New York. Um, because who couldn't see that happening i mean come on i mean come on kelly and then Elizabeth's worried about the animals she's focusing on the baby animals
1: and she's still very much a denier of the i mean she's not now but like in the episode she was very much still a denier of the disease and
0: big pharma did it to make loads of money for sure you know bill gates busy chipping us all you know yeah why Um, wouldn't he why wouldn't he uh, also i'm a bit like just i mean it chipped me like it's like yeah like the Chinese happen just do it like the chinese checking on me via tiktok i'm like what what are they gonna see like they're gonna see yeah. a middle-aged mom of two with a few more chins than she needs to probably mascara <laughs> under her eyes snaffling red wine while she's flicking through tiktok i mean that's what they're gonna see
1: Yeah, it's not that exciting.
0: No, so we'll see what happens. But um, it looks like there is some excitement going on. I I mean, it looks like there's something exciting happening in the next few episodes, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to go on a girl's trip to Lake Arrowhead, so we'll see um, how that all gets on. Um, I really liked actually seeing Emily and Sean's relationship. I. It's not Sean. Sean. Yeah, Shane. Okay, yeah, Shane, Shane. Emily and Shane, I liked seeing their relationship during quarantine because I actually feel like that's what the majority of us were like yeah, during quarantine.
0: I agree. I mean, I I feel like he's really stepping it up. And I feel like he, maybe it was the pressure of the bar. Maybe it was all sorts of things going on. He had a really bad year. But he he, he is a joker and he is a bit of an idiot. But he doesn't seem to be mean or cruel or undermining anymore. And I feel like they're in a good place.
1: I agree. And part of me also wondered is like Emily is also feeling better, like physically feeling better. She's had her hip replaced. Her life is like almost completely different, she says. She feels so much more positive about it. So I wonder if that jokiness can kind of come across as jokiness now, if that makes sense. Like that's the way it's received. She banters back with him. So it's a more positive kind of thing than what we saw in the past. But it was nice seeing them be normal and him vacuuming and pitching Yeah, in.
0: everybody's got their sense of humor back I mean let's just briefly mention the fact that Bronwyn's never used a washing machine
1: what the fuck <laughs> I mean Dr. Deb did not do her job as a mother by any means my seven-year-old could do had a,
0: I don't care if you've had a housekeeper your whole life
1: you still know how to work a fucking washing machine you can read and push buttons, can't you? It's not like we're asking you to hand wash anything.
0: But the fact that you feel like you can just duck out of that entire element of real life because it's not anything you ever have is so such yeah. an entitled privilege. I mean, it's just outrageous. Anyway,
1: yeah, I it's just re- thought I'd I think bring it's that. gonna be really interesting watching her transformation mm-hmm. and just seeing the things that she's checked out of and yeah. having to do again. Like honestly, I, I. I feel for her because she has a lot of children and that is hard during lockdown. But I kind of feel like, well, and this may be shitty to say, like look, it's your turn to take yeah. a lot of this shit over now. Like yeah. this is what moms have all been having to do forever. And you've got, you got 7 to children to check out. Yeah, like, you know. you got what? to check out. Now you got to check in and it's going to be a bit shit. Yeah. Sorry. And
0: welcome to the re- welcome to the real world.
1: Right. <laughs> For sure. Um, I do worry about Gina and the homeschooling six children at one time. Like, I can't even believe that they're having to, like, that's a lot.
0: Well, yeah, but also she is saying that she's splitting the kids with her husband, so she is getting time off as well. She talks to Elizabeth about that, saying, you know, we are getting time without the kids. So I think that would help. Like, if I'd had the kids half the time and no kids I'd be I'd lockdown would have been fucking a breeze so absolutely so I think she's fine I think it's interesting I'm interested to see how the Elizabeth story pans out on their weekend away because I feel like she's like I wasn't honest because I couldn't be and I'm at this point I'm like well if you can't be honest then just you shouldn't have spoken about it
1: Absolutely. That that's what irritates me about Elizabeth. Like you knew you couldn't say anything fully, so just leave it at that. Be like I can't talk about it. I'll tell you one day when I can.
0: Well, and now because she can I think- because I think lockdown made her reprioritize and and she decided to settle and not fight yes. in fight the whole thing through the court. So it looks like the divorce is final. She's obviously probably taken a hit on the money, but they're done. It's dusted and she can finally tell everybody the real fucking story.
1: Yeah. Can't wait to hear what that is. I'm excited
0: too. Um, let's move on to the newest franchise on the block, Salt Lake City, where the tension between Mary and Jen, we pick it up at the luncheon again, the tension between Mary and Jen is like off the scale.
1: Let's all, Can we all agree on one thing? Sure. That Mary opened up this chat saying... Be open, be vulnerable. Nobody is going to interrupt. Nobody is going to talk over you. We can all agree that that happened, right? Yep. Then she turns around and she's a massive dick to Jen when Jen actually does the exact thing that she's asked for. Here's the thing with Mary
0: I don't think she's emotionally very intelligent. Like, I think she, I do think we hear her speak to Heather about how she didn't want to marry him and it was a, I've, I feel like there's real trauma there for her about that whole marriage when she was younger. And I I think that somehow she's never been, she's never really been nurtured as a human being as much as she's been nurtured as like a pastor or somebody to take over the reins. And I feel like her emotional intelligence is really lacking because what's really going on is she's still really fucking hurt that Jen called her a grandfather motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Which, which is is hurtful and painful and would make Very you feel hurtful.
1: bad. A 100%. I mean, it's funny, but it's hurtful.
0: But rather than be able to recognize that she's still angry, it's like just everything. She hates everything about Jen. She's just going to poison everything. And it's really, really unhealthy. And I think all Jen... And it's triggered because, of course, Jen takes the time and the energy to apologize to Meredith over all of that For bullshit. Sure. And Mary sat there going, well, what the fuck about me?
1: Yeah. So I get but where that's it how comes Mary, from, but I feel like then that's what Mary needs to say. Mm. Then you say, you know, like, and again, I know it's like an emotional maturity thing. If you're emotionally mature, Mary would have been like, "Well, Jen, where's my apology for you being an asshole to me?" Yeah, 100%. I would like an apology as well. That's all she had to say. And she but didn't instead, even to be- Go took on. it to this whole another level that actually was really hurtful and gross to watch.
0: Yeah and 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 there is an element of the crazy about Mary like she's she does yeah. feel a little unhinged and um and I say that kind of not to be mean but in that there is some very stressed energy about yeah. her
1: um well, she kind of flipped out I mean she flipped out on Heather and called her two-faced which is like it, the least thing I've ever seen from Heather she it felt like well I think
0: at that point because everybody else felt like she was in the wrong she was like a backed an animal backed yeah. into a corner right and she was literally scrapping and fighting didn't matter who came after her she was gonna say right. like she told Whitney she was just 30 and she should shut the fuck up right. Heather, you know Heather was two-faced all of this stuff and I think she the was lunch just, went
1: downhill very quickly it really did
0: and then the cherry on the cake when Jen walks out and she's like I want that Louis Vuitton back give me the box back give me the box back it's like oh it's so weird it's so weird but um, in this, I mean, I think the whole fight is slightly ridiculous. But if I have yeah. to pick a side, in this instance, I'm definitely Team Jen.
1: Yeah, and I wasn't before. I was no. like, nope. Jen is being ridiculous. Like, let the whatever. hospital but, like, smell go. Yeah, it's just not good. It isn't. I fe- I felt I felt Mary was picking on people. Yeah, me too. I mean, but talking of Whitney,
0: I we talked about this with David uh, last week. I think yeah. she is a dark horse. I think she's hands down my one of my favorites right now. I still love Agreed. Heather, but Whitney is almost pipping Heather at the post for me right now.
1: Well, I think so too. I mean, well, I mean Whitney's got kind of more going on in her life, so we're going to I think see her a little bit more with like her taking her dad back to sober living and you know really dealing with all that and I can't imagine having to deal with that within the sense of like being in such a Mormon place. Yeah, And and, your whole rest of your family being that way, like...
0: And being excommunicated already from the church and being the only one to bear the responsibility of her dad's addiction. And, you know, let's be honest, she's the only one with any real problems at this point. I mean, I know Meredith's going through a separation and that sucks, but this is like real life, serious, problematic shit. and Absolutely. um, And yet she's the most down-to-earth, normal, kind, empathetic character... In there, she's the one that's got her head screwed on, and she's the youngest, and the rest
1: should fucking know better. Right, right. Or listen to her when she points it out, because she's just pointing out what we all see and what we're all thinking. Yeah, and she's smart. Listen to Whitney.
0: shes I, I think what I like about her is that she almost has a really good impression of being really dumb, but is actually mm. really smart. She's kind of... And it's an amazing secret weapon because I think people underestimate her. For but sure. then she comes through with the good. So I have a lot of time for Whitney.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see more from her. But speaking of Meredith and Seth fighting and being dev- like... I don't
0: know what's going on here. Do you?
1: You know what? I I do think... I think it's years of her having to pick up and make her life fit around him and his job and I think she's just tired of doing that like I think it's that simple and I don't think she doesn't love him I don't think anything like that but I think she just wants to stay put for a while yeah and I don't and I think there's some point where he has to give her that
0: yeah I mean I think you're right I think there's just deep-seated resentment um yeah But I feel like, when I sort of said I don't know what's going on, it's like right now in the moment. I I don't know whether they're dating or not, whether they are separated or not, because it's like, I thought they were, but then at the end she's like, I think we should separate. And it seems to be a really weird mix. And I think maybe she's right. Maybe they just need some proper time apart. Not dating, not pretend, not like trying to figure it out, but actually time apart to really, and maybe just come together for therapy. Maybe that's the only time that you talk. But this... I mean it was painful to watch. I don't ever want to watch a it couple was. go through that conversation no. on camera because that's that was hard to watch. So I no. you know well, I feel he for them. doesn't
1: and it seems like he doesn't want to separate. Like no. he just wants everything to go back to the way it was. And I think you're right. So I think they were separated, but they're really just trying to date and keep it light and like not really tell people. And I think actually that was probably pretty detrimental because it wasn't letting them like stop and really figure this shit out. And I think Meredith just need like, I think what she was saying in this is like, I need it to stop. We, we need to have our space and we need to really think about what we want moving forward because I don't want to move to Ohio.
0: No, I mean, I don't blame her, honestly.
1: No, I don't um, either.
0: But he needs to get, I think he needs to really understand that, like, I think he needs to see that side of her a little bit, like, see her side of it a little bit more. Um, But it's just a sad situation, you know? It's These kids, they've been together for years. The kids grow up, they go, um, or they come back when they want to record a reality TV show. (laughs) Um, Sorry, did I just
1: refer to Brooks as a fame whore? Well, maybe. A little bit. I think that's all right. But also, I kind of feel like I don't understand why they can't, Kind of live in both places. Like, I mean, these people have a lot of money. Yeah. Like, let's be real. He can work in Ohio and she can work in Salt Lake City and they can visit each other just like they have been doing. And I think their relationship would be fine. Yeah. So, uh, part of me cynically wonders if, like, this is just a story.
0: Well, and I also just think maybe it's just the end. Like sometimes maybe it doesn't matter what, maybe that's just one thing, but actually maybe one of them, she's just done. Maybe that's just what happens. And I don't think that the end of a marriage means, at the end of a marriage means that we always have to look at that marriage as a failure. You know, that marriage ended, but it still resulted in two great-ish kids. Three kids. kids. Three Three kids. kids. And well, two and Brooks. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they still had however many amazing years together. So I, right. I think sometimes maybe you just need to know when you're beat, and
1: maybe it's just. You need to know when to hold them, know when yeah. to hold them,
0: know when to walk away. <laughs>
1: I way to run. Yeah. (laughs) God,
0: I love that song. Um, It's amazing. You gotta know when. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I think maybe that, I I don't, we'll see. I just, I feel for them doing it on
1: reality TV, but it's not like they didn't know when she signed up, so. It's it's their decision, 100%. Their decision. Last but not least, the Heather-Mary kind of come together, where one thing I love about Heather is I think she really does tackle things head on, like, obviously mary is a problem to me because she called me two-faced i'm gonna go talk to her and figure that out yeah i really like that um and i think it's new to reality tv <laughs>
0: well and i also really like the fact that she's a normal regular mature human she's like listen i can be friends with them both and i want to make sure that just because her and Jen are on the outs doesn't mean that me and her are on the outs and right you know she does seem to have this this idea that i can call out my friends with kindness and know that it's not me being a bitch and and I for think sure. Mary takes that. And, and you know, that whole meeting between Mary and Heather for me was was sad because it, I do look at Mary as, as kind of a victim of some really fucked up shit, actually.
1: Well, it's really dark, too, because it's all about the church and the money. Like, it's not yeah. about feelings or nurturing or caring. And it's just like... Yeah, I mean maybe things have kind of worked out for you now, but that was a pretty fucked up situation for your grandmother to put you in. Like she could have just given you everything without making you marry him. Like Yeah.
0: No, I 100% yeah. agree. I think it's weird and I think that she's kind of doing the best with her, I guess, mental health that she can, but it it I think there's no doubt that that's had an effect on her and a really detrimental oh, God, one. Yes. And it's and it's yeah. we, I mean it's it's weird. Not because I'm judging, but it makes me feel bad for Mary.
1: Well, and everybody knows too, like it it's yeah. not even like this this family thing happened and it was kept in the family so she has to deal with that aspect of it but it's like all in the community and everybody knows about it and everybody has an opinion about it and that can't be easy either no
0: I feel like she's brave faced it since she got married yeah, you know like for sure she's never really been okay with it and it's awful and the thought of having to sleep with that guy just fills me with horror but mm. I feel like she I just, mean even if he wasn't your step grandpa it would be great I know yeah but I feel like she's just brave faced it and made the best out of a really terrible situation so like i know she's crazy but i do have a kind of a soft spot for her too
1: god yes i mean what she's been through is abusive and dark and that needs to be recognized even yeah. if she's made the best of it like yeah i agree it's not okay
0: um okay All Shall right. we move on to our final show of the week which is of course southern charm um this is exciting. Like, there's some really interesting, tough issues that are being tackled head-on in this, and I really appreciate that. Like, I don't think... I think they could have sidestepped it more, but I think yeah. they've chosen to to really put this in the forefront. So I think it's really interesting, because this is the week we see the statue
1: come down. The statue comes down. And I, I've learned a little bit more about this guy as well. And, I mean, he, like, made it his life mission to keep slavery alive. Like, so this is not just, like... For me, I feel like some of the statues may be a bit controversial. Like, I can see both sides of keeping them up or taking them down. But this guy 100% needed to come down. He was a gross individual. He was just not a good dude. And even, um, I watched a Watch What Happens Live with um, Patricia. I mean, she was a huge proponent. She was just like, he was so nasty. He was so hurtful. Like, 100% it needs to come down. And I could kind of see her being on the fence, like, about, you know, American history versus whatever, so... I feel like if she gives the okay, then
0: it needs to he's come down. Dude. And it does yeah. come down. And I think it's a real moment for Lever. And I'm loving having Lever and her sister on this because I think otherwise, you know, without, if they hadn't included Lever this season, this would have been a really awkward show to watch. Like to not recognize, not to try and not yeah. make this diverse or put on a, a different point of view. Like if we only had Catherine, Shep, you know, all yeah. of these real like heritage pretty skewed.
1: Yeah. yeah the yeah, names
0: and the money. It history. would have been really, really skewed. So the I Thomas. love that Leva's here to really challenge them. And I, lo- and I think she's a perfect person because she is challenging Catherine. She doesn't give Catherine oh, God, an easy yes. ride.
1: I love that. I mean, she tells Catherine that she's not going to hold her hand through this. Like it's not her job to like educate her. And I, I, I like that that's the narrative versus, you know, really trying to bring her along. Like Catherine needs to do the work and she needs to do a lot of it. I think the monkey emoji, like we talked about, we talked, did yeah, we talk about this last We did, time? but we can talk yeah. about it
0: again because it is, you know, it's, she's like, I didn't mean it to be racist. It doesn't matter, babe, whether you no. meant it to be, you should know it was. better. Yeah. It just was racist, and you should have known that it was racist because it's not about what you intended it to be.
1: It's about how it's perceived. And of course, that was, I mean, and apologize for the perception. Even if it's not the way you meant it, you apologize that that's the way it was perceived. I feel like Catherine has no sense of ownership over any of her actions, and it's bullshit. Like, I think she's too old for that now. Yeah. Like, I agree. maybe it could have happened seasons ago, but no. You're too old now.
0: And she's so quick to make herself the victim in this. Like, yeah. you know, she's the one crying it, to Craig. And even Craig kind of gives her a slightly hard. Like, he doesn't... He's kind, but yeah. he's like, you need to do better. Um, yeah. And I just don't see Catherine coming to that realization because I think at the end of the day, she's still a spoiled little kid. And you see that in the way that she reacts to Danny as well. <sighs>
1: Well, and it breaks my heart because Danny has really been there for her, really been her champion, really kind of held her up. And I think it's shameful to treat your friends poorly who have done that stuff for you. In, in my opinion, like it's just not cool.
0: I do too, and to lie about it as well. You know, I don't think Danny's lying when she says that Catherine hasn't reached out, no. and I think Catherine is lying, and it, and it's just icky, and for her to get a like aggressive and and all play all offended because Danny challenges her on her bad behavior um, just shows that she's not willing to take accountability or change or be better.
1: No. And I feel like her reaching out to Leva is like a PR move. Like she wants to be seen trying to do this stuff without actually doing any of the work. And that's why she's reaching out to Leva, but nobody else. I feel like anybody, anybody that challenges Catherine just gets cut off. Like she just stops talking to them. And we've seen that in past seasons and I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm over her.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, let's remember, it wasn't just the monkey emoji. She's like, you're all that's wrong with Charleston. Right. You know, there was a lot. This was like, it wasn't just the monkey emoji. This no, was for sure. consistent racist behavior. And, and right. she's just not going to see it. And it is what it is. But I think I can't see her lasting that long on this show if this is how, unless she makes some real changes. Because Bravo have been really heavy handed with the firings. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they have. I mean, they recently Jax and them were let go from Vanderpump Rules, and there's even talk about whether or not Vanderpump Rules will even come back. I mean,
0: I can't see how it can at this point, but it just has to be a whole
1: new staff. But yeah, yeah, interesting. It'll be interesting. Um,
0: Other big news. I feel like I want to do a little whoop whoop
1: because Madison
0: finally dumps austin and i have never yes and also you know that moment where he's like i thought god she's gonna she's gonna crumble and she's like nah it's too late you are done i loved it i did too she was so badass hell yes madison yes me too i was like high-fiving that but she is phenomenal and i really like her um and i think she's far too good for austin
1: fuck yeah i I think everybody knows that she's too good for austin like and i think she makes a real point like you know During this quarantine, you had the real, like, luxury of really being able to figure out your business. Why is your beer not in cans yet? Like, you could have been doing all this work, and you didn't. You dicked around again. And, like, how many times does Austin have to show her who he is before she believes that's who he is? Like, he can tell you all this shit You want to hear, but that's not Austin. We all know who Austin is. We see who Austin is.
0: And I love that display of her kind of self-worth and going, no, I am worth more than this. And she's right. Like, not only did he set himself back, but he set her back. She had to shut her salon again. You know, he put her kid at risk, all of this stuff. And it's like, enough is enough. And that she didn't crumble, I loved. And God only hopes that she and Pringle... Get it on. Although Pringle upset me a little bit in this episode too at the beginning.
1: Oh yeah? I didn't Did like it, it when beginning. he was
0: like, you know, my I don't know whether my ancestors owned slaves or da da. da, da, da. It's right. not, you know. And I thought you well, you fucking should know. You
1: need to learn. Yeah. You, you I should mean, I know. think if this year you need to make the effort to kind of figure that out. Yeah. You know? and you, It'd and probably your kids be a very easy Google search. Yeah. Right.
0: And and it's not about it not being their fault. Of course it's not their fault, but they just should Google still Google your learn. last name. And that's the education that people are talking about, and you're just dismissing it. And that, that yeah, upset agree with me. That. I would have expected more from Pringle. That being said, I do still hope that him and Madison get it on. I can't wait to see Austin's, like, self-pity and all uh, the rest of it.
1: Yeah, that, like, now nobody can date her because he used to date her, because I'm sure that's the way that chat's going to go. I'm, like... I'm just so over this like childish fucking behavior from these dudes. Like the going out while everybody was on lockdown, like was locked down, not taking shit seriously when they should like just being fucking stupid about the whole thing. I'm just over it all. I loved the date, the play date between her boys and his, or, you know, her son and his boys. And like, I thought that was all very cute. They obviously all get along because ultimately like, i don't know tween boys find it pretty easy to get on yeah. as long as they like i think the so if they're into like fortnite
0: and in. roblox or roblox
1: whatever it's called i don't know yeah um, roblox Beyblades, all that good stuff it's hard it's my reality oh god i don't know anything about it
0: um you have to yeah. excuse me somebody suddenly decided to start setting fireworks off right outside my window so if you're hearing any oh. banging or popping yeah That's why. Um, Interesting. Just a random Sunday night party apparently they're having, but it's really loud and really close. Um, (laughs) And of course, inevitably, Austin's not the only one that's um, positive. Uh, Craig is also positive. Taylor, Shep's girlfriend's positive, whatever Craig's girlfriend of the moment's called. Yeah. Whatever. She's positive too. So they all hole up together to quarantine. Taylor gets a little panties in a bunch about it.
1: Yeah, I think this is a very childish thing. Like, she's really, she's genuinely pissed off at Shep because he doesn't have COVID and he's not quarantining with her. Like, come on.
0: I, I But isn't that the point of quarantining? That yes. That you quarantine away from the people you, who aren't sick? For sure. And even, and it's not like he's having the time of his life. Bless him, he's still quarantining no. on his own at yeah. home because he doesn't know if he's going to develop
1: it. So he's taking this shit seriously. Shep Rose is being fucking responsible (laughs) about this goddamn disease. Like, if he's taking it seriously, everybody else needs to. Like, come on.
0: I honestly, I was like, this is again when these kids show their age and they're young and all the rest of it, but. He's do- He did the right thing. Like, put your big girl pants sure. on, do your quarantine, and just fucking get back together. Yeah. Like, chill out. Do you
1: think this is the end of their relationship? Do you think no. they will break up because of this? Okay. No,
0: but only because of what I've seen on social media, they're still together. Oh. So fair deuce. That's, I mean, I, <laughs> I got, Spoiler some inside, alert. got some inside knowledge. But no, I don't think so. I think they'll be fine. Um, I, I don't think Catherine's going to be fine this season. I think it's going to no. get really messy for her.
1: And as it should. I mean, she lost should. her job at the at the place, uh, you know, she got fired because of her ah, racism. The o- because the owner of Is, the boutique got it. Yeah, yeah, it was part of the group watching Remember. the statue. And she took real issue with what she did. And I think I think that's a there's a really good lesson to be learned in that. Like you can't just say whatever the fuck you want and expect people to just take it anymore. No. world's not working like that anymore. So no
0: it isn't so we'll see but it looks like i mean southern Charm's rapidly becoming one of my favorite shows on our on our list at the moment
1: i love it yeah i'm i'm really sad to say below deck is kind of the one i look forward to least me too even
0: i mean i'd even rather watch oc over below deck but we'll see
1: what about atlanta over both
0: I think it's a bit, I'm going to withhold my judgment. It's a little bit soon. We've just had the boring catch-up episode. I want to see how this goes. I do worry, though, that that without normal interaction, we're going to struggle
1: to find. Well, we'll see. I think we will see normal interaction coming because there's definitely things that happen in Atlanta that I've heard about normally. Ooh. that we haven't seen yet so like there's some sort of stripper gate thing that happens oh and yes Tanya I've heard about leaves that. the show so i mean i th- i think Atlanta's gonna get spicy i just hope it doesn't take 50 episodes to get us there me too i, me I, too. I hope some editing has happened since last season so me we'll see. too
0: we'll see well listen that's us for this week remember please always ra- like if you haven't please rate and review us it really means even if you can't be bothered to write a review like at least yeah. give us the five stars just go sure. go and do that um we'd be really grateful it means a lot and it helps us grow so that's your job for this week if you haven't already done it go and do it now yeah. um and in the meantime thank you as ever
1: for your time and remember smart people watch reality tv too Bye-bye. bye bye please subscribe rate and review tv my husband hates wherever you listen to your podcast you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at tv my husband hates and join the facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends if twitter's your thing you'll find us at tv husbands hate theme music and production for tv my husband hates is by jimmy sims